Let's get real. Who wants to have another surface level conversation? Not us. I'm Samantha. And I'm Christian. Two friends having raw but truth-filled conversations about the messiness of life. So buckle up and don't be shy. Because, yep, we're We're going going there. Hello, Samantha. How are you today? Hi, I'm great. Back together. And we have a yes. fun interview. We're having yeah. some awesome interviews this summer. Yeah, guys, it is so fun to meet people just through this podcast and just through our community we've built here. And today we are interviewing Justine. So Justine, hello. Welcome. Hi. Welcome to Going There. Hi. Thank you so much for having me on. Guys, yeah. we met Justine through our community of Going There Online. And she has a podcast herself. Actually, it's called Stewards of Grace. And so you guys should for sure check it out. We will make sure to put it in our show notes so you can learn more from her and what she has to say we have dove into some of her content it's really awesome but we wanted to bring her on today just to have a conversation about life and the craziness that it is but before we even get there why don't you start off justine just telling us a little bit about you what does life look like for you work-wise hobby-wise what does your day in day out tell us all of those things Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks again for having me on and such sweet words about the podcast. So I'm a mom of almost two. I'm currently 33 weeks pregnant. I'm due August. I didn't even know that. No, I didn't know that. So because people can't see, obviously this is a podcast, we're on Zoom and we can only see like your upper half. You don't look pregnant. Like you're not swollen or anything. (laughs) So I actually had an OB appointment. She literally grabbed my ankles today and she's like, wow, your ankles are looking really good. You're like, yes, thank you. Well, congrats. That's awesome. Thank you. Yes, I have a baby boy. Well, he's 20 months and then I will be having a girl who is no name at the moment. Okay. (laughs) But I am married to, I like to call him my youth group sweetheart because we met at youth and church when I was 14. Wait, I love that. I live in small town Kentucky. What else? So I work from home for a marketing software company and I also am a full-time mom. So we're full-time, but I also am a full-time mom and I have nanny help, but it's a lot, but my passion really is to just communicate encouragement and just communication is something that I felt called to do, whether that be through podcasting or whether that be through writing, but the Lord really put authorship on my heart about five years ago, which led me into podcasting, which is what led me into creating Stewards of Grace. But I'm just all about having genuine, raw, but also biblically sound conversations that point people to the gospel. So besides that, I'm in a season right now that's yes, overwhelming because I'm a mom and I work full time, but also I've just been really blessed with great people and a great family. Like just you guys know being moms, like now that I have a 20 month old, it's the sweetest time when my husband comes home from work and the weekends and just seeing friends and fellowship. And so I've just been very much savoring that family time and hanging out with people and all of that stuff. It's not something that I've like gotten to enjoy a lot in my life because I've been military and I've moved around a lot. So staying in one place and stewarding relationships is something that I'm not used to. So I like daily and like, thank you so much for my friends. (laughs) This like steadfast season that I'm in. So that's yeah, awesome. What a, what a yeah. good intro. That, that was amazing. Well, and that's interesting that you say that about just kind of like relishing in like the normalcy of a schedule and of a life because, okay, so like a military family. Okay, let me clarify. Were your parents in the military or were you in the military? My parents were okay. military and 
I was raised up in it and chose not to marry okay. AJ. <laughs> I didn't know if like maybe before you had your kids, like your husband was in it and you guys had moved, but we were just with some friends in Florida and just like with some friends that have a different, you know, lifestyle and they're not, they don't have like a consistent home base. And we were just talking about how like it can be easy to get in our routine in like Columbia, Missouri or like small town Kentucky and just be like, oh, this is kind of a boring life. It's definitely not flashy from the world's point of view. But we were talking about how much a lot of people who don't have that like just crave this life that we really have this just like genuine consistency and that faithfulness of like friendships and that just like the things you don't even realize of the same people showing up in your life day to day and it's made me so like grateful for our little town and like just the same little route I take to and from places every day and just that from familiar gosh I can't say this word familiarity I can't say it. Why can't I say it? You guys know what I'm talking about. Anyways, I don't know. I love that you said that because that is a blessing that I don't think we think of a lot of times. Yeah. No, definitely not. And I savor it all the time. And I try to remind people who are burnt out on the mundane or they've never left the town. I'm like, I know I get it. Grass isn't always greener though. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I love that. But yes, you are obviously busy as you work from home, parent all the time. I mean, yeah, just being moms and working moms, we know that life. And so we want to talk about that a little bit of like, life is overwhelming and life is chaotic. What are you currently feeling overwhelmed by? And how does that like exemplify itself in your life right now? Yeah, so sort of in my intro where I mentioned that I work full time from home, but I also how that kind of came to be is I wanted to work from home. And so I sat on a job working from home and I was working from home pre COVID moved in with my in-law and COVID hit. I was also pregnant. And then, so I just fluidly went into continually working from home. But then this, at this point I had given birth and I had a long maternity leave, which was a huge blessing. But once I came back from maternity leave, we were still pretty much in the thick of COVID. So there wasn't really any way to have help with kids. And I know a lot of people can relate to just managing working from home and also having to take care of kids. I think everybody had to do that for at least a time. And so for me, when COVID sort of lifted and there wasn't that much of a stronghold, I was still working from home and I still chose to, you know, be a mom full time and take care of my son. And I was actually managing it really well because my job, while it's full time, it's very much flexible. And though it's flexible and I have sort of some freedom and leeway, I still am required to do full-time work and show up and there's that mental capacity and also the physical part of showing up. So just a matter of both those, it started out with, Oh yeah, I got this. I got this under control. This isn't that bad. And then as he got older and more mobile and more demanding, and I just realized, wow, it quickly went from, I have this under control to, I do not have this under control. And that like turned into this long season of overwhelm. There was about a six month period of, I don't have time to do anything. I'm just, the day is just happening to me and I'm just reacting to the day. And yeah, so in in my life, in the last six months, overwhelm has manifested itself in a way that's circumstantially uncontrollable, but I've been trying to like grasp on to some sort of control. And so you know, it's manifested itself in mainly exhaustion, just desperate for help, having to accept help when I don't feel like I want it or need it. But yeah, so that's kind of where this overwhelm has come from in this season that I'm in. And yeah. 
Hmm, gosh, if you guys can't relate to that, I so relate to that. So I hope other people do too. That yeah. makes me feel better. But yeah, all of us grasping for control, if that is in our yeah marriages, our relationships, our situations that we're in, if that's in our parenting or our Keeping work. Keeping a clean house. Yeah, like, just I mean, the little all of things. those things that is so relatable to just what you're describing there of, yeah, a season of just wanting control so badly and not feeling like you have it. Mm-hmm. I mean, AKA 2020. Yeah, seriously. Whenever you're feeling out of control and you say you grasp at control, like how do you see that manifest in your life? Whether that's physically, like I was just saying, I've talked about this before. I like freak out about every little thing about my house being perfect. And I usually can dig down deep in that and see that there's something else. Or maybe it's your schedule or like you were saying with relationships, maybe you're trying to be controlling of your spouse or like friendships. How do you see that play out? Whether that's physically, emotionally, mentally, what's that look like? Yeah, that's a really good question because I call myself or like a control freak. That's like a control freak is my default. And because of that, the Lord has been slowly peeling back layers of that posture in me. And it's funny looking back hindsight of the last seasons that I've been in and pretty much every season that I've been in that's been difficult and challenging and stressful has been an aspect of circumstances that are just completely out of my control that I don't like and I don't want to be in, but I'm having to work through it. And so what ends up happening for me is I recognize that the situation is completely out of my control. It's a situation that I don't like to be in. I want to change the circumstance. And so in trying to grasp control, I end up trying to make the situation go away. Or I try, like you were talking about with keeping a clean house. What I try to do is grasp onto things that I'm like, I know these are the things that I can control relatively. Like I can control having a clean house. I can control somewhat, you know, what food I eat, or if I'm waking up at a decent time or going to bed at a decent time or all of these things. And for a while there, not to say that those things aren't bad or that we shouldn't steward that time well, but what happened was, is I was trying to control everything that I could first and foremost, before I, A, surrendered any of that to the Lord and B, recognized that trying to create some sort of order or peace in my life, whether it be through a clean house, whether it be through clean hair, like like showering, you know, isn't going to, one, make my situation go away, but two, make, you know, my relationship with the Lord any better. So I had it in my head that yes, my circumstances are crazy and everything's chaotic and out of control. But if I could just control these areas, if I could just clean up these areas, if I could just, you know, clean off my desk before I read my Bible, I always tried to make sure that I had everything in order before I approached the throne of grace. And that's when I realized, well, I've got this all backwards because yeah, it's chaotic and yeah, it's out of control. And, and, to an extent we should be creating is like orderly, peaceful environments, but sometimes you just can't. Sometimes your environments and your circumstances are completely out of your control and they're chaotic and they're crazy. And you have a toddler that's crying and screaming. And what the Lord has been teaching me, especially in the last four years is that I am peace. Like you can reach deep down and you can find peace in the midst of your chaos, you don't have to try and create peace in your environment in order to have peace. And so I just, I I realized that it was this backwards kind of approach that I was having and like trying to find and create order and peace before I sought the Lord. And it was like, no, seek me, 
Seek me above all else and you're going to find joy and you're going to find peace within those circumstances. You don't have to try and rid yourself of those circumstances. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love everything you just said. I think that's so good as we just go through about a regular day, the number of times that I can point out that I'm like, oh gosh, I once again am trying to kind of like fit all of these things or plans or expectations into what I think they should be, that I need to present myself in this like put together way and no one can see me in that mess or certainly like God can't see me in that mess. I need to like, yeah, have a pretty quiet time. I need to have my coffee that's piping hot to sitting next to my cute little succulent plant in my perfectly lit like chair. I mean, I'm like thinking of all these things that I'm just like, gosh, don't we always do that with so many things in our life before just understanding like, no, he already made us that way. Like we are actually already called to him and in a relationship with him. It makes me think of like Ephesians and what he as our, his people call us into anyways, and that he already names us all of those things, that we are what he is because he made us that way. And he is already in us. That what beautiful things, just yeah, reminders every day that I need to like act in that truth. Well, and it's interesting too, because we do this thing where we think when our world is out of control in a lot of big ways that we can balance that out with all the control that we have in the small ways. And I heard you say that like, yeah, life was feeling so out of control. And so it's like, we think we can like counteract that by like a clean, perfect desk. Like I'm the same way, or even as the way we control time, like talking about a quiet time, it's like, oh, well now I woke up late and I know my daughter might be up in the next 10 minutes. So I'm just not even going to go there because it just doesn't look like the way I wanted it to, where we do those weird things in our head. And it's so, it's so weird, but I think, I don't know, we've talked about this in episodes before. I can use control as kind of a red flag meter in my life to see, okay, Samantha, like, calm down. There's something deeper going on that you're not addressing. So I love that you said that about, you know, controlling those little things is not going to like grow your relationship with God, but it's when we dig into that and say like, okay, again, is it wrong to like want to have a clean organized desk or to have like order and structure for our families and to create like better functioning homes? Absolutely not. But with most things in our lives, like it's more about the motive behind why we're doing those things. Mm -hmm. And attention between how and why we hold both of those things. So let us ask you like, so how have you fought against that? Obviously our life and just the culture that we live in promotes this like you're saying, like, yeah, you probably feel pressure of like, I should be the mom who can work from home full time and be a mom full time. And that should be no problem. And I should be able to balance all these things. I should be able to like hang out with our friends and do that perfectly and have a great marriage and go on date nights with my husband. Like, how do you manage like all of those things while also balancing like, but God's also called me to steward these things? Well, what does that look like for you? Yeah, I think the big question is it is it ultimately comes down to our identity. And this is something that I've been really convicted of recently. And the question is, can be for all Christians, but it's, do we identify as a disciple of Jesus? Like, do we identify as a born again Christian? Are we children of God? Like, do, is that how we identify? And if so, we have to remember the gospel story that we've literally gone from death to life. And like, I remember when I was baptized, they said, buried with Christ in baptism, raised to walk in newness of life. And 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And so when we, when we have clarity on who we are because of whose we are and what he's done and we're reminded of the gospel and the cross and all of that on a day-to-day basis, I think that clarity and that vision and that identity really settles us and it humbles us. And it also sets us on the right path. That posture is going to flow out 
from us in the way that we act, in the way that we think, and the way that we mold our lives. And so, you know, yes, it's very easy and tempting to fall into, you know, whatever the culture is doing or or hustling to achieve, or even just simply as a mom and as a homemaker or as a wife or whatever, trying to create some sort of, you know, beauty or order in our environment, whatever it may be. I think if if the number one thing in any goal, whether it be the goal of the day or the goal of the moment, if it's I need to create, you know, let's say, let's use the example of having the nice desk clean before we start our quiet time. Like you mentioned, it's, it all comes down to the motive. And so for me, if I can constantly remind myself of the starting place of who I am and my identity, it kind of sets the tone for even just sitting down to approach the Lord in my quiet time. It's like this constant reminder of, okay, none of that matters. Yes, it would be nice. And yes, it would be cool and helpful and Instagram worthy, but it's not necessary. And ultimately it's temporary and it's an illusion to an extent. And so I have really learned in the last six months to a year that I would always focus on this sort of superficial external appearance of looking like things were put together while also knowing deep down that my relationship with the Lord was being neglected. And I was like, I got to flip these. I really need to make sure that I am seeking the Lord wholeheartedly and putting him first and number one in every aspect of my life, regardless of if my house is clean, regardless of if my, you know, laundry has been done. And that's been really hard because there's this thing that's like, especially when I used to be on social media, but you know, I need to have a clean house. Like I need to have my laundry done. I need to have, or I should, or I want to have, you know, a nice beautiful home for my family. And those are all great, wonderful things that we should strive for, but not at the extent of neglecting the Lord and our relationship with him. So I would say that just really settling into our identity and reminding ourselves of who we are because of whose we are and what Christ has done. I think it's interesting to talking about like putting this, you know, fake kind of front on with that. It's like that really can only last us so long. And we know that. And what's interesting is like going back to this control thing, really when we're acting that way and we're like piecing everything together to like look a certain way, even though we know behind closed doors, whether it's emotionally inside of us, spiritually, our relationship with God, or like physically within like closed doors, you know, you think about like the closet where everything's just crammed in, but like you're welcoming everyone into like a perfectly clean living room that they didn't see that you just like shoved everything into. It's like, we know that that's not actually drawing people into us. And then ultimately, hopefully to Christ, because it's phony. Like there's some Something about a person that you can like sense. Most people can like have a little bit of that intuition to be like, there's something like off about you. You're not putting your most genuine self forward. And so we can think that, okay, we've got it all under control. I'll just act this way and no one will know. But really people are kind of like, we all know those people that are very controlling and it's like you really want to distance yourself from them so it doesn't it doesn't invite anyone in because they're like well shoot if you're like that and that is true well you're not going to want my mess you know you don't want to know who I am and it's like the exact opposite of how God views us and that's what you're saying like coming to him in that mess it also extends to other people like we want people to feel comfortable coming to us with their mess as well Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's what's so interesting about control is how it can like manifest itself in such an idea in our mind when I'm like, I wouldn't want that for anyone else. Like I wouldn't want my friends to fake how put together their life is or I wouldn't want my friends to like 
tell me that they had this like picture perfect day with their kids when my kid was like screaming. I'm like, I don't know why we act like that. We want that for ourselves when I'm like, no, I wouldn't hope that for anyone. And even I loved what you said about the identities because I just think at the end of the day, like, yes, our life looks different when we can live out of first our identity of being a child of God and a disciple for him. And I think so quickly we say, no, well, you know, I, I think I make daily decisions and I'm like, no, but I want to be a better wife or I want to be a better mom or I want to be a better employee rather than saying like, no, I want to be the best disciple of Jesus I can be first. Mm-hmm. And then out of that is going to flow being a wife and being a mom and being an employee. And I just think that's so interesting how quickly and how fast we will flip that. For me, it's like daily and I need to be reminded daily. And I'm thankful that he's invited me into a relationship that I can have that intimacy with him daily. Sometimes hourly. Yeah. Wait, you said something. And if you're, if you might not want to share this, but you mentioned not being on social media. Was that an intentional decision? Like, were you really active on social media? And then did you intentionally leave or tell me about that if you're willing? Yeah, 100%. It's a topic I enjoy talking about because it's something that's definitely influenced me a lot. So a year ago now it's been, I quit social media entirely because it was managing me. I wasn't managing it. And it had been something that I'd thought about for a long time. You know, and what's odd is, or not odd, but interesting is Social media came about. I don't know how you, well, I'm not going to ask how old you guys are. We'll tell you where we talk about it. We're 30. She just turned 30, and no, I'm 28. I'm sorry. just turned 28 this month. Let me get my last two years. I'm sorry. Thank you. And so I'm, I turned 27 in a month. And so social media, Instagram, you know, Snapchat, Facebook, all of that stuff. Oh, Snapchat. I hate Snapchat. <laughs> Me too. I haven't had it in a really long time. If you're an adult our age that has Snapchat, please don't like delete it. I don't get it. <laughs> are you I don't judging get people it. right now? Snapchat? Yeah, I have some friends, and you know who you are. That's rude. Yeah. Oh uh, well, my cousin. I watch her Snapchat, and I just cringe. I, I love don't you. get Snapchat though. Mm-hmm. Kids friends. these days, guys, these send days. Snapchats, Snapchat, of the corner like of their face. Yeah, and like mm-hmm. they like text the baseboard, they, the baseboard, and they just use it to text. I'm like, just text. Okay, sorry. Yeah, it's yeah. confusing, guys. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. we're all confused. It, 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 we're too old. For sure, for sure. The whole realm of social media being a prevalent thing picked up in like a very, you know, influential uh, time for you. Exactly. And because of that, and because of my personality, I I just grasped onto it so tightly. I was like, heck yeah, this is my thing. And I went down a huge, long rabbit hole with it in college. And it just kind of, anyways, long story short, I realized this is really unhealthy. I don't like what it does to me. And I don't like what it's doing subconsciously in my brain. And I know this is not like this for everyone because I've had conversations with friends who do such a good job of, you know, using it in a way that is healthy. I just could never figure that out. And I also would take long breaks and I would come back and and it just, I would fall right into the same patterns. And eventually I just realized I don't think this is for me. And so I went through the whole process that anybody would go through of, do I say bye to this forever or what? And I finally came to the conclusion that like, yeah, I'm okay with, I'm okay with living without it. I'm not going to say forever because I don't want to say never, but I've had it without, you know, without it for a year and it has definitely been very transformative and I've learned a lot, but I also have a really good perspective on it as like an outsider looking in because I think that it's an amazing platform and the people that do steward it well do great things. And I'm like, man, I wish I had that 
that sort of willpower, but I just don't. So that's so, I love your self awareness. I do that. too. That's amazing. And the reason I ask that is because this topic we're talking about of the control and like fighting against this culture, like busyness and hustle, like you mentioned, yeah, when you see that on Instagram, I just think I wanted to touch on that because we can't act like these things are so separate. We've done separate episodes on our podcast about social media, but it is so true. Like it inundates, inundates. I can't speak. We've done a lot of podcasts today. It inundates so many aspects of our life, and so to act like it wouldn't affect the way that we feel we can control. I mean, when I'm going through something hard, I go on social media to numb out. That is a, that's a way I'm controlling instead of like dealing with the hard thing. I'm like controlling what I have to think about or what I don't have to think about. And so I love that you're humble about that and just shared that because I'm getting ready. I don't, I haven't even told you this yet. I'm going off for the month of July. And again, like, yeah, it's so freeing, but I also love that you say like, no, people can use it in a really healthy way. And I don't know. I just like your thoughts on it. Appreciate that. Yeah. It's, it's taken a while to get to that place though. You know, like I think at first I was very biased and I was like, it's the worst thing ever. But you know, now that I've been off it for a while and I've had conversations with people, I'm like, it's the worst thing ever for me. And that's period, but not everybody else, you know, and God uses it. So that's good. I like that a lot. Well, so going back, I want to ask you again, like kind of another personal question, but like, so what does your quiet time look like? You've shared these struggles of, yeah, wanting control in this way, but like, how do you actively like tangible ways? Like, how do you fight against that in your life of, yeah, us recognizing like our life is probably always going to be chaotic. We are probably always going to say, well, life feels really crazy right now. Maybe we'll have days and moments that feel less, but we're all recognizing like this life feels really hurried and rushed and hard. And I just want to grasp for control. How do you fight against that with your quiet time or just like with other things? Like what do you tangibly do every day to fight against that control that you want? Yeah. And I love this question because on my podcast, I always ask this in for me, I'm really big on, yes, like we can talk about the spiritual all day. We can talk about the theological or even the theoretical, but once we get down to the nitty gritty, the tangible, how are we going to put it into practice? You know, that can be hard to take something from like your head to your heart, to your hands. And so for me, there's two things that really come to mind. And, you know, I've struggled with this for a while. So if you're listening and you're like, I want to learn more about this because I've gone into it in depth on my YouTube channel and on the podcast, but I realized that I had sort of a perfectionistic view towards my quiet time, but not only my quiet time, just spiritual disciplines in general. And uh, basically it was this idea of, I was more focused on the process. I was more focused on the routine. I was more focused on what it looked like externally, as opposed to my heart posture and what I was actually trying to get out of it and the whole purpose of it in general. And ultimately I realized Justine, the purpose is not in the process. The purpose is in the pursuit of Jesus, period, end of story. And when I realized that, and that was something that the Lord obviously revealed to me, but it was like this aha moment of, gosh, you're being so perfectionistic and orderly and logistical and all the things that I am, because that's how my brain works and that's how I am. I realized, gosh, I'm overcomplicating this so much. And it, it does come down to this control of trying to create some sort of order in a life that maybe isn't. And so like it manifests itself in my quiet time or other spiritual disciplines. But now, and I'm so grateful for this because it's a huge answer to prayer, but now I just have so much grace, so much joy, and so much just like relaxation with how I approach God's word in my quiet time. So from a tangible, practical perspective, not a morning person. However, I came to the realization that when I was kind of looking at my day, I came to the realization that 
pretty much the only time that I have to be alone with the Lord, even if it's just for 15 minutes, is before my son wakes up. So long story short, I realized, you know what? Even if it means that I wake up 15 minutes before he does, because and now I know that kids are random and he's random, but I kind of figured his schedule is pretty much between 6.15 and 7.15. Like the earliest he'll wake up on a day is between 6 and 6.15. So for me, it was like, okay. And my husband's home. He doesn't leave till 6.45. And I told myself, I'm not going to be unrealistic. I'm not going to do anything crazy. I don't care about the routine. I just want to have the intention of getting up and setting my intention to be with the Lord and also surrendering the day to him. And so I just was like, not a morning person, but I can get up 15 minutes before I see my son. And so I committed to that. And right now I used to really do a bunch of overcomplicated things. And now it's just, as long as I can get into God's word and as long as I can just, you know, have a conversation with him and let him know that like, Hey, I recognize you and I love you. And the day is yours then I'm good. It doesn't need to be this hour long study. And so I would recommend for everybody to not overcomplicate those sort of things, because ultimately it comes down to just our heart. And the one other thing that I would mention from a practical perspective is read the book with by Sky Jafani. I just finished it. It's life changing, but basically he talks about these five postures of how we can relate to God. There's over from four under, and then with, And just a quick synopsis, people who live with a relationship over God, it's basically, I don't need God, but I'll use his principles to direct my life from God is more this sort of health and wealth prosperity. I want to get things from him. So I'm going to, you know, continue to go to church kind of thing under God is I'm going to serve him so that bad things don't happen to me. And for God is kind of putting the mission of Christianity above our actual relationship with God is I'm going to do things for him. I'm going to have a significant life. And those are all great things, you know, and they're all true. A lot of them can be true, but what he really desires is just with, he desires us to have a relationship with him and for us to know him intimately. And it was life-changing for me because it was like, he just wants us consistently to pursue him and just, you know, not neglect the Holy spirit and, and remind ourselves that we have that helper with us constantly 24 seven. And so I would say that instead of trying to compartmentalize or, you know, fit certain times or think about your spiritual disciplines in a way of like, I need to do it at this time. And it's like, if you're in a season of chaos or craziness or you're a mom and you're busy, just be mindful of the Lord throughout your day. Look for pockets of prayer, worship when you can wake up five minutes before your kid and do a devotional, like the new morning mercies devotional. And lastly, I would say, just be mindful of like guarding your heart, be mindful of the content you consume, you know, maybe replace entertaining things with more edifying things, maybe read more Christian books or, you know what I'm saying? I think for me, I just have to practically replace some of the worldly stuff with edifying things. Otherwise I just become so inundated with lies and those are hard to replace. So that's what I would say. I'm so that was so good. I'm so like touched by the way that you describe the simplicity of time with God, and like you said it so sweetly. Like it just seemed, it was so like sweet to me in a care in the way of like the character of Jesus of like that's what He wants. Like that is His nature of just like meeting with us. And I think it's cool because there are so many seasons that we will have throughout our life where we can like have really cool, maybe inductive times of studying the Bible and really like spending big chunks of time, whether we're empty nesters or our kids. 
or older, whatever that looks like. But just the way you talked about like meeting with him just so genuinely and sweetly, I don't know, that just touched me. And thinking through too, you know, there's a lot of really cool Christian women in our culture that have Instagrams or ministries that just like, they are wanting to reach women with time with God and they promote this constant like, like having your Bible out constantly. And like, those are things too that can be helpful or like, here's how to memorize scripture with your children. And like, sometimes I look at that and I'm like, whoa, like that is so cool and it is so purposeful, but like maybe it also doesn't have to look that intentional as well. Maybe it's just that morning time where you like, like you said, like devoting your day to him. And I don't know what you have to say about that, Christian, but I'm like, no, I I think it's so good. I will have to admit part of it makes me uncomfortable, even as we talk about it, because I'm such a planner. I'm such a goal oriented person that I love the idea of like, no, I am going to like create this really awesome space that I love and I like crave to get to. And I'm going to, like work out this plan with my husband that like you're saying like, and so I'm even fighting as I say these words, I'm like, I'm fighting against this idea of like, no, I do want it to look perfect though. I do want it to be controlled. And so, but I think it comes back to that balance of like, there are probably going to be seasons that like, it is really good for us to put some practical things in place that we are like, Hey, I'm going to create this really awesome space that I love. I'm going to set the timer on my coffee thing because you know, whatever, or I'm going to, I don't know. I mean, there's so many practical things we've talked through, but I just love your desire for getting to know Jesus that, I mean, Samantha and I are so passionate about people being in God's word just consistently and showing up. And I think I want to read that book you recommended because that sounds amazing. But I'm like, yeah, it just means showing up. And I love what you even said of like, I'm not a morning person, but I recognize if I don't give him the credit the first thing in the morning, then like it's not going to happen. And ultimately the credit's probably not going to go to him in your heart and mind and through your hands that day, the credit's going to go to you and you're going to try to control. And so I just, again, I'm like so in awe of your self-awareness of that. And I think it's a way that like, yeah, you said that yourself. God is just so sweetly reminding you of that, of like, no, 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 give me control first and like, let me do the rest and your day will be a lot better, which I just think is so beautiful and ultimately how we can all strive to just be like, spend time with him. That's yeah. really awesome. Well, and it's, it's literally all him working through me because I can literally say um, six months to a year ago, how different I would have been in that arena. And so I've, I've learned a ton specifically on that topic. And I've had like, I feel like I've just been an onion and he's just been peeling me back layer by layer, especially in that area of perfectionism and discipline and all of that stuff. And, you know, I think we all have different personalities and like, sounds like you're ambitious. I'm really ambitious. And are you into Enneagram? It's okay. If you're not, do you know? I would say I'm a seven, eight, not seven wing eight or eight wing seven. I think I'm like seven slash eight, but mainly eight slash. I don't know. Okay. Okay. I'm not as like flirty and (laughs) fluffy and free as a seven. Uh So, but I also like desire to be fulfilled and content. So yeah. Oh, interesting. What are okay. Well, I'm a go. one. I, a lot I'm of a what three. you said, I'm like, oh, maybe you're a one, but I love that. Anyways, continue what you were saying, but yes, you're right. Like we are built differently and certain things will work better for certain people. But I think what I, I think that's the part I loved so much about what you're saying though, is you're like, I think it's so cool how God designs us individually 
and for a purpose in those individual designs. And I just think it's really cool that you have come to him and said like, Lord, I know that you made me this way. You made it and you knew that this was going to be hard for me, but I want to like lean into that. I want to trust that like you have a plan for why you created me this way. Because sometimes I get so sick of, and I'm doing it myself guys, but I get so sick when we make excuses like, well, that's just not my personality. Or like, I'm not a morning person. Or like, that's just really hard for me. Or like, you know, when people desire community, but they're like, eh, it's uncomfortable. And I'm like, yeah, like, none of this is meant to be easy. None of it's going to be easy. None of it's going to be simple. And we're going to have to put in the work. And I just love that you're saying like, I've done the work. I know this is so far from my personality, but ultimately I'm a child of God first. And ultimately I'm a disciple for him first. And that means I have to make sacrifices for my day to look like that and be like serving him. And that's what I think I just love so much about what you're saying. Well, and also the sacrifices come in in sort of like letting go of this ideal. I was so big on this ideal, whether it was the, and I think it does stem from being on social media, but like this, even off social media, there's this tendency to create this ideal in whatever aspect of our lives, because we yearn for good. We want something to be like, like you were saying, I want to be a good wife. I want to be a good mom. You know, so we have these ideals in our head, but when we paint these ideals in our head, I think what I do is I start chasing after ideal. I start chasing after this, this vision of my life of how it could be. And then what quickly happens because I'm a sinner is I'm like, all right, cool. I can make that happen. I'll just Pinterest it and I'll flip in, you know, make it happen. I can, I can make my house look nice, but what I happened and what I realized over and over time and time again, was it really was all one. It was all an illusion Two, I failed so many times over. And at the end of the day, I was like, okay, well, cool. Like my dishes are done, but like, have I even spent time in God's word today? No. And so therefore I'm kind of still empty. And once I had that revelation, I kind of, it was cold Turkey of, okay, I'm going to stop. Like I'm so over these ideals. I'm so tired of trying to look a certain way and trying to, even with nobody looking, I'm in my house all day long. Nobody sees me, but it was like, I was trying. And you know, this is another thing I wanted to mention is a lot of people will say like, especially in the church, like come as you are, you know, like you are accept, like you're accepted and loved. And like, we will meet you where you are and you don't have to, you know, be a perfect person with no sin in order to approach God's throne of grace. And we're all like, as Christians, especially those of us who've been Christian for a long time, we're like, yeah, duh. But what we don't realize is we do do it in small areas of our life all the time throughout the day with, okay, God, I know, like, I know you're first, but like, can I just, I would be so much more clear headed if I would just do these things first, if I would just check off my to-do list, if I would just do this, this, and this, and then it grows and grows and grows. And we realize what we're doing is ultimately saying, I will come to you when, if, blah, blah, blah is done, or this circumstances is this way. And I've just realized, and when I was emailing you is I've just realized, gosh, life is crazy. And circumstances are so uncontrollable. And now I'm going to be a mom of two. This life's never going to slow down, you know, to an extent, you know what I'm saying? Like there's going to be seasons of stress and overwhelm and chaos all the rest of my days. And so if I keep waiting for this moment, it's never going to come. And so I need to just like throw that out the window and just kind of settle in to this discomfort of having not everything exterior put together or even technically in my brain put together. But if I could get this one thing down, you know, if I could get this desire, the Lord above all else down, maybe then other things will flow from that. 
and we'll take that day by day, <laughs> but not going to try and put the pieces of the puzzle together by myself. Yeah. I love your, pro- like the way that you've processed that and just I'm appreciative of you sharing all that because it's kind of like an insight on how God has been working in your heart. And I think so many people relate to that. So I really appreciate you sharing mm-hmm. all of it. That is so good. I hope all of us take a little bit of that and start applying it. I mean, it's like encouraged me that I'm like, yes, we can get up and we can do that and we can do the work to dive into. Yeah. Just knowing our sin, knowing our patterns of sin and then combating that and really truly having a heart to desire to know our creator more. And that's just really awesome. Thanks for sharing all of that. Okay, a question we've been asking a lot of our summer interview friends is what's something on your summer bucket list that you've either already done or that you're gonna be doing this summer or that you're like, okay, I probably won't get to actually do that, but it'd be cool to dream. What's something? Yeah, so it's let's see if I can have the nursery done before my daughter arrives. Love that. There you go. And maybe have a name picked. Are you guys people who wait to have a name or no? No, Lord, no. Oh my gosh, how do people do that? I can't. I'm a planner at heart. So yeah, yeah, I would say maybe a name would be Mm -hmm. nice or like a nursery done or anything. But here I am 33 weeks pregnant. And first of all, my husband has not given me any help. I love him. But (sighs) like, he's like, shrugging the shoulders, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know what we should do. Yeah. Yeah. And then with the nursery, the truck is what we would be able to pick furniture up with you know we've been doing things on facebook marketplace but his truck is in the shop so that's kind of been an excuse but currently our nursery is full of like donated items and then random things and so definitely i would like to have that put together maybe a name and then like just a week of peace of mind to be like okay i'm ready because right now the way that we're going i'm oh gosh my entire maternity leave is going to be spent putting a nursery together and like (laughs) coming up with our name or something hey you have a few more weeks yeah maybe you'll get there i don't know your son's probably not old enough to chime in with his thoughts but well we just he's in the process of learning words and it's adorable today i was making him barbecue meatballs. And I didn't even ask him to say the word, but he was like, Babada, Babada. And I was like, are you saying barbecue? It's so cute. That's, That's cute. so cute. I was going to say, we did ask our, my daughter, because she's four, like what we should name this baby, because we had three, like three weeks notice and we had no boy name. And wow. she, yeah. So I'm like, you can do it, girl. You can do it. I got to nurse you together <laughs> real fast. You can do it. Um, sometimes though, when you know you only have that amount of time, like you just do it all. But anyways, she was like really dead set out of the blue. She was like, hmm, Gus Gus from Cinderella, which she's only seen Cinderella maybe once. And she was so dead set on the name Gus Gus for this little baby. And so now it's kind of like a funny, cute nickname. And I've decided like we have to go as like him as the little mouse oh, Gus for Gus sure. for Halloween and her as Cinderella and, you know, the rest of us, whatever else. But I'm like, that's so funny that she just was like she wanted to contribute so, a name so bad and all yeah. she could think of was Gus Gus. But anyways, so I am excited for you guys and growing your family. And we will be sure to link your YouTube page and your podcast definitely not your social media since it's not there but we'll link all of that so people can find you and connect with you and we just appreciate you reaching out to us and also just all that you're doing to you know you kind of like gave a description of our goal with going there of having these like raw and like biblically based conversations and like how those two mesh so we're passionate about that and we're glad you are too yeah thanks for sharing all of your wisdom it was awesome to hear from you Oh, thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me on and for chatting. This has been amazing. And I already feel like we're friends. Yes, yes. (laughs) The best. Hey, thanks for going there with us. If you loved what you heard, don't forget to follow along with us at Going There, the podcast. 
And it also means so much to us if you subscribe to our podcast and shared it with a friend. Talk to you soon. Thank you.